Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, happy to have you along with us on the program today. Uh, there's a new study I think is pretty interesting. It has found the use of fire-resistant materials and an introduction of buffer zones could drastically reduce the wildfire risk to Canadian communities. The study by the Intact Centre on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo says if homeowners removed shrubs and trees from near their homes and stored firewood further away, they could reduce the risk of their homes burning during a wildfire by up to 75%. The research estimates that for every dollar spent on fire-resistant construction choices, communities in high-risk wildfire areas could save $34. We've seen just how devastating a wildfire season this has been, uh, the billions in damage that has uh, been done. Uh, So that is a huge uh, stat in itself. The study found 60% of Canadian communities are vulnerable to wildfire because of how close they are to forests and grasslands. We still have wildfires burning right now, by the way. According to the Canadian Interagency Forest Fire Centre, there are 29 fires out of control, 71 are being held, 126 are under control. Cheryl Evans is the Director of Flood and Wildfire Resilience at the Intact Centre on Climate Adaptation and the co-author of the study and joins us now. Uh, Cheryl, we'll appreciate the time today. Good morning. So uh, 2023 was a record season for wildfires. How might it have been different if uh, some of the recommendations mentioned in this study uh, had been in place? So I think it's interesting because when we talk about the huge area burns this year, um, which which is an estimated about 18.5 million hectares, about three times the size of Nova Scotia, and it's twice our uh, record that we set in uh, 1995. <clears throat> I think it's important to remember that it's, it was a super dry winter, super dry spring. The forests and grasslands were primed to burn. So we knew it was going to be a bad year. Um, so we probably would have had quite a high volume of, of area burns, but we could have had a lot less damage at the property level. Um, and in communities by taking specific actions uh, at the home level and around the community. So that's what our report really focuses on, is the practical things based on science that we can do to reduce risk at the home and the community level. I gave a very kind of top-line kind of run over of some of the recommendations, but what are some of the recommendations in this study? Well, I think the most important thing to remember about wildfires that I didn't know before I started studying this is that they move primarily um, from burning embers that shoot, sort of float into the air up to two kilometers ahead of a wildfire and sort of move, move, move forward, forward. So with wildfires that come into communities, they are typically brought in by these floating embers. And right around your home, if you can think about what is potentially going to ignite that is sort of fine and light and dry that will ignite due to burning embers and you can get rid of that or manage it is important because 50 to 90 percent of the homes that are destroyed by wildfires are destroyed by embers so right around your home for example you can mow your lawn from zero to 10 meters out Um, you can store your wood piles 10 meters away from the home or inside a fireproof box Um, you can also complete simple upgrades around your home so those embers can't get into your home. Um, so if they float and they get into your vents, they can they can uh, light um, 
uh, insulation and burn your house from the inside so you can use uh, non-combustible screens and replace worn or missing weather stripping. And um, if you're upgrading your home or building back after a wildfire, you can use non-combustible siding or Class A fire-resistant roofing. And it's really, really important to work with your neighbours because we know wildfire moves uh, from one property to the other. So it's important to work together. It's really uh, basic stuff. But almost when I was looking at it, I was like, man, that's it. But I mean, um, it, it, when you say about amber, embers, it's, you know, the embers aren't exactly complicated them themselves and how they're spreading. So it kind of makes sense. There, it's not a complicated concept, but nobody, like very few people think of it that way. They think that there's a wall of flame. There's nothing they can do. Uh, so they might as well just just give up and not do anything. But it's interesting because when you speak to firefighters, if they know in advance that a fire is coming, um, they tell people to evacuate and then they do all of these steps on our three steps document right around the home to, well, the, the first maintenance ones, to move materials away from the, the uh, home and to, to clean up the yard because that's what, what is going to give them a fighting chance to put out fires if they come into town. This study found 60% of Canadian communities are vulnerable to wild, wildfire. Is that a proportion that could grow? You know, when I look at this region, it's not really a, a huge concern, but does that necessarily mean uh, it's going to always be that way? Well, the, the wildfire regimes are changing because our, our, um, our country is getting hotter and drier on average. So forests are going to be more vulnerable to disease and drought and more uh, more likely to burn if they're ignited. Um, so, so it's the in the east coast of Canada, we're going to see wildfire seasons increase two to three hundred percent because of this hotting, heating up, and drying. Um, in our region, it'll it'll the wildfire seasons will be increasing, probably by a, a week, uh, start a week earlier, a week later, um, by the end of the century. And something really important to remember is um, in our region where there's, we have sort of a mix of maple, beech, pine, et cetera, that those forests are not as prone to burning as, say, a, a black spruce forest. However, if it's very, very dry and there is disease in a forest and it's a dry, dry forest, <clears throat> that can burn as well. And so there's a the changing fire regime, but also we keep building more and more and more homes and infrastructure within this area that's beautiful with trees and grass, uh, but it puts more structures uh, at, at risk and more people at risk. It's, you know, I've, a lot of people have been focusing on the, the temperatures uh, right now and uh, just thinking about the wildfire uh, season we just had and how this has been a pretty mild uh, start to the winter type season. It's not officially winter. Mm. You kind of wonder... Uh, what next? I don't want to be, I know, a, a downer for everybody. I, you kind of wonder what next year holds if this type of weather continues throughout the winter. Well, it's a perfect question because the the wildfire experts watch very, very carefully. They watch the snowpack, they watch the spring melt, and they do make predictions or projections about what the season will be like. And then they sort of try to adjust, adjust uh, equipment and staffing according to that. So they knew last year would be bad because it was a very uh, mild winter, uh, light spring, light, less, little rain. Um, but certainly, if in a nutshell, I'm hoping for a really good snowpack and a really good spring this year because we need some moisture in the soil and in our, <clears throat> in our forest to help uh, protect our, 
our forests and our communities. That we do. It's a really interesting study and a really important one. Cheryl, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks very much for speaking with me. That's Cheryl Evans, a Director of Flood and Wildfire Resilience at the Intact Center on Climate Adaptation at the University of Waterloo. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of The Morning Show with Devin Peacock on 980 CFPL.